Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. So, today we're going to talk about costs orders, team. Uh, pretty boring name of a topic, but I think it's something worth understanding. Um, to ground our discussion today, uh, let's have a think about two different kinds of costs orders. Uh, cost orders that we generally refer to as ordinary or party-party cost orders, we'll put them to one side, and cost orders that we sometimes refer to as indemnity cost orders or solicitor-client cost orders. And I don't want to dive too deeply into it, but um, parties to litigation can sometimes have the court say, all right, this party has to pay that party's costs. And the court might say this party has to pay that party's costs on the ordinary or party-party basis. And that amount is smaller than the indemnity or solicitor-client basis. And so what lawyers sometimes say, and I'm not going to say now, and I'll ask you not to hold me to, but what lawyers sometimes say is that ordinary or party-party legal costs might be something like 60% of the legal fees the party has incurred and indemnity or solicited client costs might be something like 85-90% of the costs incurred. Don't hold me to that, I'm not prepared to be held to that, but I thought those very general figures might ground our discussion. Indemnity costs, you get more money. Ordinary costs, you get marginally less. Okay. So we've got a plaintiff and a defendant and our plaintiff wins a piece of litigation. Congratulations to our plaintiff. Now, before the final hearing, the plaintiff had sent a letter of offer to the defendant. And the offer was, in essence, better than the outcome the plaintiff eventually got. And generally, if you send an offer in litigation and your offer is less than what you end up getting, then what the court says is that rejecting that offer in some circumstances, rejecting that offer or allowing it to lapse might have been unreasonable. And so the court will say, hey, congratulations, up to the date of that offer, you get ordinary costs. But after that offer, you get indemnity costs because it was unreasonable for the recipient of that offer to reject it or allow it to lapse. A little bit clumsy. We can explain it in a little bit more depth another time if you'd like. So in this matter... Uh, the plaintiff wins. Right? Then there's an argument about costs. And what's interesting is both parties agree that the plaintiff should get indemnity costs from after the offer. But what the plaintiff says is, hey, the defendant's defence was such that we should get indemnity costs for the whole thing. So it shouldn't just be for after the offer, which is often the normal, which might be thought of as the normal position if there's going to be an indemnity costs order. The defendant's defence was firstly founded on matters that were untrue. Uh, it included a, uh, an argument and a cross-claim, sorry about the rain, um, that required a transfer to another court for reasons that were disingenuous, and it was doomed to fail. It was a hopeless defence. And so, to clarify that argument, the plaintiffs already, both parties agree that from the date of this letter, from the date of this offer, yep, indemnity costs, and only ordinary costs before the letter. The defendant is saying, yep, that's how it should stay. The plaintiff says, no, the defence is so... The, de the nature of the defence is such that the defendant ought to pay indemnity costs for the whole thing. So the court says, right, um, was it an abusive process? 
uh, to cause a cross-claim requiring uh, the matter to be transferred to a different jurisdiction from the District Court to the Supreme Court. Was that disingenuous? Was it an abuse of process? Uh, the court found no, it was not. Um, was the defence based on matters that were untrue? Well, um, the court found there was no finding that the defendant had lied, so no on that point. And so the court then said, like, right, was the defence so hopeless, so untenable, that the defence shouldn't have been run at all? And the court uh, took some time to think on this position and essentially said, look, it's easy to say in hindsight, hey, I've won. And so the other party, they were always going to lose. And the proof that they were always going to lose is they lost. And what the court says is, well, the reason the defendant lost um, was, in significant part, based on disputed facts, right? And the outcome of the dispute in relation to those facts only came out at final hearing. And so up to the date of final hearing, there was some chance of the defence coming off. And the only reason the defence did not come off was because of the factual findings made at final hearing, which means the defence was not hopeless. It depended on how witnesses behaved and how the evidence was found by the court. So the court said all parties are agreed that it's indemnity costs from the date of this offer. That's fine. And the court did not sort of extend the indemnity costs to that initial start period as well. So the plaintiff got, cost, got ordinary costs for the first bit up to the offer and indemnity costs for the bit after the offer. A little bit fiddly. Uh, discussing cost orders sometimes gets like that. Uh, but I hope today's discussion assisted you and I look forward to joining you again soon, uh, perhaps in different weather, uh, for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.